0: Okay, so why don't you start by introducing yourself and, and introducing the Socialist Party of Zambia and just talking briefly about its history?
1: Exactly. So, my name is uh, Faston Mwale, Zambian by this. I'm a member of the Socialist Party. Uh, more particularly, I'm a member of the Central Committee. Uh, the Socialist Party began, I think, uh, almost four years back. So we are hitting five years actually now. Uh, the strategic objective of the party is to, is to create a socialist consciousness in the masses. Uh, the Socialist Party, I think, is one of, one of its kind on the continent. It's among the leading socialist organizations on the continent. Uh, there are not many, but uh, they are now coming up they're increasing in number. So the Socialist Party is one of those leading organizations that are advancing socialist uh, consciousness on the continent of Africa. And indeed, beyond also. Uh, so uh, we have structures, we have the president, uh, two vice presidents. Uh, we have the politburo, bureau and then we have the central committee and the general membership. So for the first time, uh, we participated in the general elections held about uh, six months ago now. Uh, we didn't secure any seats. Uh, at local government level, we managed to get some seats. I think there are four. But at parliamentary level, we didn't get any seats. Uh, We are still building the party. Uh, And uh, so far, so good. And the party is growing. Um, So in brief, that is that.
0: Excellent. And and if you don't mind talking about how the party reaches out to people in Zambia, how it helps educate the masses and bring socialism and, and promote class consciousness in the unique conditions of Zambia yeah
1: normally what we do is as you are saying you no know, socialism is more or less like a new concept a lot of people do not understand the concept of socialism So uh, our outreach programs mostly involve teaching people. We normally conduct classes uh, basically for the working class masses we teach them about socialism. Uh, we teach them about capitalism uh, people are learning about Marxism on a daily basis uh, the idea is that uh, our school uh, curricula does not uh, does not teach socialism uh, even at tertiary level you don't get to learn about socialism in our in our schools uh, and so it is important that people know their history uh, people understand, uh, how the world is socially constructed uh, socially, economically and politically. So uh, normally we conduct uh, lessons just to ensure that people get uh, the people grasp the concept of uh, socialism.
0: Excellent. And, and what kind of literature do you teach? How do you use uh political education to bring the ideas of Marxism and socialism to the people?
1: And normally what we do is, uh, it's not hard stuff. Well, normally what we do is uh, popular education. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have to be made aware of the conditions under which they are living, conditions which precipitate their suffering, um, conditions of unemployment, uh, conditions of inequalities, social and income inequalities. People have to be made aware of the conditions that predispose them to the uh, impoverishment. Mm. Uh, yeah, and once people get to know what predisposes them to suffering, then they are able to make informed decisions on matters that affect them. Um, Politics now in, uh, on the African continent generally uh, is maturing to what I would call a battle of ideas now. It is not just a matter of getting into the political arena and the one who makes the loudest noise carries the day. Right. Uh, now, politics is, yes, now politics is becoming a battle of ideas. People have to debate ideas. And in debating these ideas, people have to look at both sides they look at capitalism, what is capitalism, they need to understand that. They also need to also understand what socialism means, especially
0: uh, the working class classes. Mm, absolutely. Do you mind talking more about the specific problems that the people in Zambia face? Like you mentioned poverty, for example, but also particularly neocolonialism, uh, continued imperialism, resource extraction, you know other other problems of being still preyed upon by the by the world empires. so if you don't mind talking about those and then as well the agriculture problem as well if you could talk about those yeah uh, uh, in terms of agriculture
1: agriculture that is uh, food production and the food in zambia is uh, and in many other parts of the of, of africa food is a political issue so Normally, you have high poverty levels on the continent that is well endowed with the natural resources. But because of imperialism or capitalism, uh, there's a raw deal. Africa does not benefit much from its resources. Most of the resources find their way into uh, multinational corporations. So in terms of agriculture, not so much. Though we have arable land, fertile land, and other natural resources, but uh, generally, African Africans do not benefit uh, from their resources. Politically, again, it's it's not so easy on the African continent to uh, to carry out political activities. We claim to well, democracy is growing. But uh, it hasn't been easy for us, especially those of us from the socialist, uh, coming from the socialist angle. Uh, Democracy is highly skewed in favor of the elite, the ruling elite. Uh, For the general masses, it's very difficult to go out and uh, do the mobilization of members or campaign. Um, there, There is a narrowing of democratic space You cannot campaign freely for you to carry out your political activities. You need to inform the police who, in most cases, will not even uh, grant a permit. Uh, We have had situations where even private meetings in our homes have been ruthlessly broken uh, by state security forces. So that's the environment under which we operate, but uh, six months ago, we had general elections, we have a new party in power now. And our hope is that uh, there will be more political sanity than before. Uh, They have shown some signs of reforming the um, uh, reforming the political systems in the country. So we do hope that uh, there will be more, more political
0: space will be opened up for opposition political parties. To also participate uh, freely, mm. and can you talk more about the history of of Zambia and in in the past? In Zambia, has socialism been legal? Has it been able for the Socialist Party to operate, or have you had to deal with being, you know, uh, an illegal party and having to deal with uh, a closed political sphere? Yeah, uh, Zambia got its independence way back from Britain in nineteen sixty four
1: and the um, uh, first president now late dr david keneska uh, pursued what is known as uh, humanism uh, not necessarily the socialism uh, humanism is some kind of utopian socialism mm. um, yes so uh, precisely what was the system of governance of economic and political governance was the state capitalism most of the uh, enterprises were owned by, were owned and controlled by the states. So, in that sense, it was strictly state capitalism. It was not socialism yet, but it had some strong elements of socialist consciousness. So, in 1991, a unit that was led by Dr. Kate Kaunda, which was the liberating party. Actually, it's the part that that brought independence. In 1991, it lost power to the MMD. The MMD was, uh, in terms of
0: its character, it was neoliberal. Mm. Mm. It was neoliberal. So they began to dismantle the economy in terms of privatizing state assets. So
1: a huge chunk of public assets went into private hands Mm. under the adjustment program uh, that was heavily backed by the backed by World Bank and the IMF. Uh, but the experience was that uh, from the structural adjustment program, uh, we came out more impoverished than before. I think the program didn't work pretty well. Right. Um, yes, so it brought a lot of misery, It uh, heightened unemployment rates, uh, food, Uh, that is generally agriculture collapsed, education and the health uh, also collapsed. Our hospitals had no medicine, no equipment, even the medical personnel in terms of numbers declined. The doctor-patient ratio was something else after privatization. Uh, Even to date, we haven't fully recovered from that. So, after the MMD, which was pretty much neoliberal in terms of its character, in 2011, uh, we had general elections that ushered in a new party called the Patriotic Front, under Michael Sata, but uh, I think less than three years, he passed on. Um, leadership devolved upon the new president in the name of uh, Edgar Chagwalungu, Uh, I think that was now in 2014. Uh, It was not so much oriented towards the neoliberal capitalism, but also not so much oriented on uh, socialist consciousness. I think it's like uh, they were in between, though they didn't understand the ideological position they were attacking. So there was a lot of confusion in terms of foreign policy, in terms of the way they were running the country. Uh, the country became highly ungovernable to the extent that um, uh, the election that we held six months ago, the Patriot Front was booted out of power, and a new neoliberal political party is in power now under President uh, Haka and HLM. So, when you look at the policies of the UK, indeed, the current a part in government now and you contrast them with the policies of the mmd that was neoliberal. Uh, the similarities are highly striking in terms of similarity they are highly striking they are almost more, more the same so it's like we are getting back to where we had been mm. so in terms of socialist orientation at governance level, we haven't uh, not much has been done. Uh, we have moved from state capitalism to neoliberal capitalism. Neoliberal until now, so we are still under a neoliberal uh, type of governance. Mm. Mm. And uh, so that is that. Zambia, yes.
0: Yeah, so, mm. and I, I'm interested too. So, you talked about how neoliberalism structural adjustment has affected. Zambia and also in thinking about neocolonialism. So how do Western nations like Europe, like the old colonial master of, of Britain or America still have a lot of control over resources coming from Zambia? I believe copper is one of the biggest ones. So can yes. you talk more about, about resources and, and how mineral extraction is a big feature of neocolonialism?
1: Yeah, I, I think after independence, Uh, Zambia, I think, had uh, uh, Zambia's government, it had a good stake in, uh, so it had a majority uh, stake in the mines. Uh, There was Anglo-American also, so they were Mm -hmm. running, it was a joint venture between the Zambian government and Anglo-American. I think in terms of benefits, uh, compared to now, we can say, yes, uh, Zambia at least uh, reaped some benefits, but overall, you you will discover that uh, we have been ripped off anyway. But it was far better than, than now. What has happened now is that the mines have now gone into private hands. Mm. Since, 19, since 2000, the mines were privatized. They went into private hands and things became a waste of. Um, when Zambia got its independence uh, from Britain in 1964, What happened is uh, we were given political independence, but in terms of economic independence, uh, I think uh, Britain held on to that. Uh, They dictated where we should sell our copper, for instance. Um, Generally, they controlled the economy, especially copper. So from 1964, uh, when Zambia got its independence, uh, Zambians, generally speaking, have not benefited from their resources. Before independence in the colonial era, we had the BSA company that was run by Cecil um, Rhodes. Uh, when Zambia got got its independence from Britain, I think that legacy of colonialism uh, continued, especially. Uh, with the resources, especially copper, because Britain dictated where to and how to market our copper. Mm. So from that perspective, you could see that uh, Zambians
0: haven't benefited much from their mineral resources. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And, And what is the program of the socialist party of Zambia to address that? Do you have a political stance on on nationalizing resources, and taking control of them?
1: Yeah, the situation is a bit more complex, especially with with mining now. Right. Uh, um, Nationalizing the mines, I think, would uh, result into a complete disaster. Yeah. The government does not have sufficient muscle to run the mines as as public assets. Right. Uh, we do not have sufficient um, a mineral scientists in the country. Right. I know we have been independent for nearly 60 years now, but we do not have sufficient mineral scientists. We do not have sufficient marketing experts, mineral marketing experts in the country. Uh, even in terms of economics, economists, we do not have sufficient people uh, well trained in uh, mineral economics to understand clearly how Zambia should they benefit. Even today, now we do not know the production cost of our of this or that in Zambia. we are still grappling with that. Mm. Especially when it comes to uh, deciding the mineral royalty. Uh, a taxation formula. We are having problems up to now. So we feel as socialists that uh, if we take over the mines, uh, certainly they would run them down in, in no time. So right. we better leave the mines in the private hands. They know better how to deal with the uh, mining. No, mining is a, a pretty much complex issue. Right. But what we are saying is as as the private sector runs the mines, we must be able to, alongside that, government must be able to develop certain uh, key skills in mining so that eventually, once we have our own skills, uh, perhaps the, we could also think of getting into mines. Because uh, what is happening in the Zambian situation is that um, Two thirds of the mining potential is still unexplored in Zambia. So it's, it's, it's a huge chunk. It's a huge chunk that is not yet uh, being mined. So we're only mining our mining potential currently stands at one third. Yeah. So what we need is just to broaden the base, uh, make sure you we can what government can do is the small-scale miners actually. To venture into emeralds and these semi-precious stones. Hmm. The government needs to help them just to prop them up. But in terms of large-scale mining, for now, I think that would be a disaster if that went into uh,
0: if that was if that went went into government. Right, right. Yeah, and that, yeah. I think um, that really emphasizes a point of uh, the need for international solidarity to get rid of the you know dominance of the western neo-colonial countries on on zambia and have a more equitable distribution of the resources so i'm curious about the socialist party's perspective on on the growing role of china across the african continent is is there a, an official party position on that yeah china generally
1: has made serious inroads uh, on the african continent generally mm-hmm. and uh, uh, at party level uh, china being socialist oriented uh, we feel that china has been very helpful help to zambia even before the socialist was born the right. china has been helping. they built the rail line which was very very crucial to our economic development And they have done a number of infrastructure projects uh, in Zambia and on the African continent uh, generally. So I think that gives China a a leverage Mm. uh, in terms of international uh, international foreign investments in Zambia.
0: Mm. And uh, on another note too, I saw in your party program that one of the biggest emphasis uh, that you place is on... Literacy programs on increasing education that kind of reminded me of the programs put into place in Cuba uh, after the revolution there and to increase literacy so can you talk more about the importance of of literacy campaigns to socialism and why that's such a strong emphasis for for your party.
1: Come uh,
0: again. Uh, oh, so the literacy program that you that you have. In oh, literacy your, program. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yes yeah yeah thank you um zambia is one of
1: the countries with the highest uh, illiteracy rates uh, especially the women most of our women are not able to read and write and if you have a huge number of people that is not able to read and write then definitely that constitutes a crisis yeah. so having recognized that The Socialist Party has embarked on literacy campaign programs for people that are elderly and had no chance to get into school, to learn to read and write. Then we have others that did not complete their primary school, even secondary school, uh, and they would like to continue with their studies. So we have designed a program to take account of literacy needs of the majority of our people. So mostly these are elderly people that dropped out of school at the earliest stages of their school. Others have not even stepped, they have never seen the inside of a classroom. So we feel it is a duty for it is a duty of the party to uh, carry out uh, literacy programs. Uh, you have a situation when you look at today's technology; uh, people are now using phones to send uh, messages. Uh, communication basically and one needs to be literate to do that but if you are illiterate, you do not even understand the even the figures it becomes difficult to communicate and communication uh, communication is life and if you can't communicate in the 21st century
0: uh, definitely that is a huge crisis right right yeah absolutely and i think that speaks to kind of what i was what I was talking about as well, the solidarity that you have with, with other countries. You know, you have to be have a high literacy rate in order to promote political education internally, but also to have uh, mass communication with other nations. So, what what countries, what other parties, and what other struggles uh, does the Socialist Party in Zambia find? You know, like solidarity for. So, for example, I mean. Uh, the struggle right now in swaziland or the struggle in west africa to get rid of the french how is there a, an emphasis on pan-africanism within the party
1: yeah you you are perfectly right um, to build socialism uh, you cannot build it as an isolated country or as an isolated island the building socialism entails high levels of solidarity with the others so what well, the Socialist Party in Zambia is doing it is connecting itself to all the struggles that are being waged by working class forces or working class organizations and see how we can crystallize our efforts and advance the cause of socialism. So basically, solidarity is one of the essential ingredients in constructing or in the construction of a socialist society. So we are identifying ourselves with many groups within the country and outside the country, especially on the African continent and beyond. Mm. Uh, Yes, that's what we are doing. Mm.
0: Absolutely. And I'm curious just about uh, the plans for the future. How does the party seek to expand? How does it seeks to get new membership, continue doing political education uh, and expand to become a a political force in Zambia?
1: Yeah, we, we we just have to continue to step up our mobilization campaigns to bring more members into the party. Uh, it hasn't been a difficult process because people are encountering difficulties on a day-to-day basis. But what they are lacking is the theoretical interpretation of the cause of their predicament or the of their dilemma. Yes, yeah, so the socialist party sort of provides. Uh, the interpretation of what is causing the misery. Uh, so that once people are conscientized, then they are able to make a rational decision. So what we need to do is to keep advancing the cause of socialism, increase outreach uh, programs, feature on the radio, television, just like that, to mm. propagate message to socialism.
0: Mm. Absolutely. And the last thing I'd, I'd be curious and asking you about is from the, you know, looking at the perspective of uh, people in the West, in the US and, and in Europe, what would you say to an audience of people living outside Africa, living in the West, in, in Europe and America, about the need to support the struggle in Zambia as a part of an international struggle? How can people in the West you know, change their politics so that they can actually support the struggles that the people of Zambia are facing?
1: Yeah, uh, first of all, the building socialism is not only for the Zambian cause, but we are talking about Zambia because Zambia has uh, begun these uh, the socialist uh, programs, but they are meant for the whole world. We uh, look at our friends, our colleagues in the West, is our brothers and sisters. We now have conceived, we are now have with the world where um, egocentric illusions of individualism, consumerism, greediness, uh, ruthless competition have reached a very, very high peak. And as such, these have created a lot of inequalities amongst us. Uh, why should you have a country or maybe I can even bring it at personal level. Mm. Uh, you, at individual level, one person has uh, so many or countless pairs of shoes. Mm. And then you have in Africa, so many children that have never worn shoes maybe at even 10-15 years and there is no prospect of ever wearing a shoe right. so these disparities i think they are the ones that are responsible for this generation of socialist consciousness right. so those that are economically advanced uh, perhaps i could say our friends in the in the west so we are asking them to say look there are people that uh, need the the efforts that you have Can be shared with your brothers and sisters across in Africa and elsewhere. So you have a few people that own so much wealth against a large number of people that are trapped in starvation. Mm. So I think it's a moral issue. Actually, Mm. it's an issue that borders on morality. People have to think of the others. We, we, humanity generally has to have, or has a common, destiny. we are all humans and we are humans because of the
0: humanity of others. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that exactly like you said, it, it, it's very important for us to remember about the struggle in, uh, in, in other nations and not to just think about it in our own nation. So uh, yeah. So I, I guess one one final thing I was curious about was I I thought your uh, the slogan of the party is really phenomenal um, justice equity and peace. So if you don't mind explaining, I guess I guess briefly about that slogan, yeah. how it came to be, and and what what it really means for your program for Zambia. Yeah. So
1: um, within the Zambian context, generally, but I know this cuts across. I think most of the African countries. But uh, in the Zambian context, uh, the issues of justice, if you come from a working class uh, family, procuring justice is very, very difficult. Uh, if you find yourself on the other side of the law, you for you to get justice, you need to hire a lawyer. And this is not cheap. Justice is not cheap. Right. So poor people, because they have no means to procure justice, most of them end up being locked up. They are jailed. And because they cannot afford a lawyer, because lawyers are very, very expensive, Mm. uh, so they end up languishing in prison. So we are talking of, again, we are talking of APT. Uh, As I said, we live in a society where there are two conflicting classes of people. There are poor people uh, We are in the majority. Then you have uh, people that are well-to-do in the minority. So in terms of equity, uh, the largest majority of the people who actually produce wealth, uh, they end up living very, very miserable lives. Right. So there is no equity in terms of sharing the resources of the country. So that's where the same equity comes from mm. so the people who generate wealth are the ones that are highly impoverished the people who do not generate wealth are the ones who are who have a high command on the resources of the country right so even in terms of schools there are schools for the elite there are schools for the poor people mm. even when you go to the hospital one building same roof same medical personnel, same equipment, once you get inside, the system does the selection automatically. If you come from a poor working class family, they put you on the other side. Mm. They call it uh, uh, more class, sort of. Uh, the other wing is for those people that, have got the, that are able to afford the medical fees. Right. Right. So it is very humiliating extremely humiliating it's unfortunate to degrade people to divide people along those lines so sickness does not choose so if you come from a poor family or poor background in terms of resources and what so even the medical attention even the attention you receive is different from what the other one who is financially sound would receive so that is the equity and in terms of peace Uh, Where there is no justice and where there is no equity, definitely uh, the issue of peace becomes an issue. You can't have peace. So peace is one of the issues that we need to to have. Of course, we're not talking about equality. People cannot be the same because after all, people are created differently. But there is need for the sense of equity, especially in the distribution of uh, resources yeah,
0: and I think what you were saying about that with respect to health and medicine, we've really seen that during the, the COVID yeah. pandemic as well. The effects have been very harsh for, for a lot of countries in, in Africa. And there's been this, you know, this vaccine imperialism imposed that hasn't yeah. allowed vaccines to come to the African continent. So your message of, of equity, you know, it spans across literacy, health resource allocation so it's a very very powerful message and uh it's very you know very very much uh speaking to alleviating the conditions of degradation that you're that you're analyzing so it's a very powerful statement comrade yeah Yeah. well thank you so much for for taking the time to speak with me i i really appreciate it and i'm sure uh, people listening will have a great appreciation for the Socialist Party of Zambia. All the work that you're doing, the struggle that you're undertaking, and the the power of your of your program as well. So I really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Uh, no, thank you very much for having given me the opportunity to 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 debate these issues. Uh, I'm really, really grateful, and I look forward to yet more discussions on this. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Yeah, and and we should uh, definitely stay in touch. I, I will stay in touch with the Socialist Party of Zambia and continue, uh, you know, any follow-ups or any statements you'd like us exactly. to yeah. to publish. You know, we're happy to and do continue, you know, do more interviews in the future. So definitely want to stay in exactly. touch. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, and take care. Uh,
1: good. Thank you. Stay well, Joseph. Thank
0: Thanks you. Very Bye. Good. Bye.
1: Thanks. Bye.